We are here live, more or less, from Las Vegas with Mark Anthony. I'm Rick Rosen, and this is Good Sports. Good afternoon, Mark. Happy, uh, happy uh, uh, weekend. Um, Early start. Yeah, weekend. Although every day weekend. in Vegas is a weekend day, man. Hey, the penis movie comes out Saturday, or it comes out today, and I'm going to go see it tomorrow. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm fine. Why, why, why do you, why do you need to see a movie called the Penis Movie? You've got to. I, 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 I must have missed the memo on the Penis Movie. Uh, not, go ahead. Penis, most penis, of the time, it'll, it'll, let, it'll let me put a Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Peanuts. You know. Peanuts, Peanuts movie. Oh, that's it. That's an entirely different subject. Yeah, well, totally different yeah, movie. Yeah, totally different Peanuts movie. movie is coming out. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to work on our enunciation. The Peanuts movie. Ah, well, tell me a little bit more about the Peanuts movie. Does Charlie Brown get to kick the football, or is Lucy still a bitch? Yes, of course. <laughs> Snoopy around the world's oldest, dog. That's right. Riding his, uh, never mind. Who was his? Who who did he uh, uh, fight? On. Have the dog fights with in in World War One? Uh, uh, the Red Baron. I makes pizza now. Yeah, I makes you know. Just, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's moved yeah. off. He's moved on. Retired and makes <laughs> and, and and makes pizza. Yeah, that's right. You know what I saw yesterday, which I I did not know they they manufactured or canned or whatever. Uh, Popeye spinach, and they got Popeye on the front doing the you know, <laughs> and it, it was like a Walmart. It wasn't like at you know Goodwill. It was a, it was at Walmart, but they make Popeye's spinach. I wonder how many kids relate to. I mean, it's got to be for old people, right? <laughs> I don't give a crap what you call it. Popeyes is probably does not resonate near with this generation of children than it did with ours. You know, I can still hear the Mighty Mouse. Song. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember Adam Ant? I have a hamburger today, and I will pay you on Tuesday. <laughs> can you? Yes. Can you spot me the money for a hamburger today? I will gladly repay you on Tuesday, Wimpy. That's it. Olive oil. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, Popeye was ahead of his time. Now look how many people want to eat Popeye, I mean eat uh, uh, olive oil. <laughs> they spread it everywhere. <laughs> well, here it is Friday, bud. <laughs> sure glad this is the internet. I <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, Greg Harden's not all that happy about the internet. Uh, Cowboys uh, defensive end. Jerry Jones has uh, damn near adopted the guy, and uh, I understand about giving people a break, and, okay, you did this and did that, and now you're repentant, and you're going to be a leader on this team. And uh, the uh, site Deadspin, who, uh, I mean, that's their deal. They release information that, that the people try to hide under the rock with the other cockroaches, and uh, this all this stuff came out. But, man, if you haven't been to Deadspin and, and you're any kind of interested, uh, it's domestic violence. You, you look at what the NFL has done and how they keep – I do not know how Roger Goodell keeps his damn job, dude. You, you look back to just – I mean, and there's been plenty of incidents before this, but the Ray Rice incident, where the initial reaction was to spend Ray Rice for two games for knocking his girlfriend out, unconscious out, his fiance drags her out of the elevator, and she's obviously out, but you see her come at him, and he drops her, man, and... 
you know, they're hiding behind, well, we didn't see the entire clip. I don't believe that for a moment. I don't believe there's any point in that clip from the time it starts to where you would say this is a logical place to cut that clip where somebody doesn't see enough or doesn't see, you know, it pretty much from the, if, if you see the clip where he hits her, if you see the clip where he draws back, you know he's not going to slap her. You see his hand, his fist come up, and and, and next thing, you know, bang. And uh, I, I do not know where you would possibly think that clip ended where it didn't tell you where the hell's the rest of the clip. Or I've seen enough. But anyway, the NFL has, has done it once again. Uh, their initial reaction was to suspend Greg Hardy. Or, or Greg Harden for uh, the same amount of time they wanted to suspend or have tried to suspend or appealing the suspension uh, uh, whole thing with Tom Brady over deflating balls, which they should do anyway. Let the teams adjust, just like the teams in NASCAR get to adjust the tire pressure that serves their best needs. If the NFL wants to put on a good show, a better show, then the best way to do that is if you know something makes for better passing and catching, and that's part of the game, do it. If you know something makes for, for, for better, they legislate for the offense. But anyway, that's the NFL on the field. Off the field, they've effed this up again. And now uh, Jerry Jones, uh, Cowboys owner, is going to have to, you know, he's going to have to figure out what he's going to say. Better for him, uh, um now, now that the picture's out, and I mean, this girl's body is bruised uh, top to bottom. Uh, uh, she is, uh, and and then Greg Harden called 911 to cover his ass, and uh, uh, he's got a couple scratches on his neck or whatever. Okay, you know, yes, you are, you got a couple of scratches on your neck. I'm pretty sure do that to you during player intros on your way by accidentally. I mean, it's he's a defensive end in the NFL. And for him to have any any part of bruising this young lady as she's bruised on her back. It ain't her eyeball to eyeball. And I got pissed off. You threw a punch and I, I instinctively threw one back and, and bruised you. No. Uh, she looks, you know, the photos came out not too long ago on the, uh, on the different channels about O.J. Simpson and, and, and of Nicole. And Nicole Brown Simpson had bruises that are just un mistakably caused by uh, an assault and OJ is like, no, I don't see him. No, it's makeup. No, <laughs> you know, right. Well, that's the, that's the position. I think themselves into a tough, tough corner, man. Uh, I don't know. There is a way out that doesn't, that does not include. We really effed this up because I think that's where they're at. Well, you know, one of the problems is, is okay. Yes. He, he beat the wife up, blah, 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 blah. But you're paying this guy millions of dollars. Hold on. Yeah. You're paying this guy millions Extra. of dollars for one, for one day a week to be a badass. And then you expect yeah. him for six days to be a choir boy. That's right. Okay. I'm going to say something, Mark, that's probably so off the – go ahead. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, well, I can say my well, thought. I know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm not excusing him, but but at the same time, we're asking these guys to turn something off that's them. And then for one day a week – You're we exactly want, right, and I don't think you know why and you're then, right. And then you have these women who think they can do the exact same thing. Okay, while yes. he's and off at work, he's going to be a badass, but when he's at home here, he's going to be a sweetheart. 
No, he's not. It's very rare that a day goes by here in Vegas, whether I'm on the bus or at a casino or, or, or somewhere in my out and abouts, that you don't hear a woman speak as a man would have spoken 30 years ago, 20 years ago. I'll yes. kick your ass. Really? I hear women every day, got to be in the high 90s of the, of the percentage of the days that you hear a woman challenge a man physically, and that, and that thought has changed. The reality hasn't changed. They, they see Ronda Rousey and say, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Well, you know what? That's because Ronda Rousey's not going against men, because men have a substantial advantage. Now, I, one of the fallacies is women think, well, I'll kick him in the nuts, and that'll end the fight. No, I've seen guys get their nuts kicked up right around their molars and never slowed down in a fight till afterwards. You know, it's just all... It's all very dependent on randomness or, or whatever, I, I, I suppose. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, male-female confrontation always, always, always to the just the absolute barely part of a percentage point goes to the man simply because of, of the physicality of, of the differences in our, in our build and, and our ability to be used to more uh, physical contact than women are. You know, you, you again. It 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 just as it, it's just overwhelming. And a guy that plays in the NFL, and a guy that plays defense in the NFL. It's not like he's the kicker. He he's a guy that really plays football in the NFL and plays it at a very high level. And here's the here's the the qualifying thing that I said, Mark. I think you I think you are correct, and I'm not a hundred percent certain that you know why. But here's here's something I got to tell you, and it has a personal personal touch to it. We look at Junior Seau, and he blow he kills himself. After a football career, we look at Mike Webster, uh, Terry Bradshaw's center at Pittsburgh on those great Pittsburgh uh, Steeler teams, kills himself. You look at the guys, the kids that, that do so many odd things. He wasn't like that as a kid. You know, he was a wonderful football player and a great teammate and whatever. And now this guy's driving down the road, hitting people on purpose. Or uh, the, the defensive end from the Raiders was convicted yesterday of three murders. And we always look, what's this, the common bond with the football players seems to be head injuries. And after the fact, they're finding out that it changes how you operate. It's like a virus in your, in your computer, Mark. And I would be hard-pressed to say that that certainly is not a, a big big factor in a lot of these domestic violence incidents in a lot of these oddball things that just you know they haven't been present with this individual all his life but once he started playing football and started using his head for a weapon or getting hit accidentally or any combination thereof whatever it is this type of behavior seems to have a common bond, and it's not alcohol, it's not drugs. Those things seem to come along with it, well, but I think uh, it first starts from the head in, a, in, in an athletic event that gets damaged, and it's over and over and over, and I think that's a theory that somebody's going to be real hard-pressed to, to, to try to deny, Mark. It's like oh, it's, climate no. change. No, 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 it's just, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I know, I, I know where you're going with this because I, I've been with you all week. <laughs> Yeah, but there's no denying that what's happening in the NFL today is nothing new. It's just we have social media now. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. 20 years ago, now. Yeah. right? You know, 
20 years ago, we had to wait for our sports reporter to go to the team meeting to ask the question and then get back to us. We don't have that now. Now, you know, now there's absolutely no filter there. So, but you can't you know, spell immediate without media, Mark. Right. And there is a, there, it is this instant gratification and we're never going to put the lid back on that can. So, I mean, it's, it's what we have to deal with now. It's like gun control. As I tell you, I hate guns. Guns, guns do terrible, terrible things. They do protect you. They do have some good, but they do terrible, terrible things. But now people are saying we want gun control in 2015 or 2016 or immediately or, 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 or shortly for something that's been around since the 1800s and nobody has ever taken, had they dealt with it in the 1800s, we might have a different different deal you can't have assault weapons you can't have i don't think we have the mass killings without the ability to do it in mass if you had to reload the damn musket still okay a lot more of us would be safe guy gets off one shot with the musket and then you have a chance to tackle him or stab him with your knife that you don't have you know i mean so now it's 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 again we're looking for a for a, a 2015 solve of an 1850 problem and so our you know we've always advanced our ability to kill one another at the great greater than we have advanced to the ability to save one another cancer still a scourge blood i mean heart disease is still kills okay, millions okay, and millions Rick, it's the Rick, leading Rick, cause of death. Rick, Rick, Rick. but well, we we can kill by by the billions if we choose to go ahead okay let's skip Let's let's put the head injuries. Let's put the train back on the tracks. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Your 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 deal with guns and our deal with head injuries have the exact same solution. Nip it in the okay. bud. We can use the guns to kill. Me. Yeah. Nip it uh, in the again. bud when they're youth. Right. And stop, you, you, that's the only solution now. Kids, You're right, Mark. Kids' heads. Yeah. Beat in, yeah. in in youth football leagues because they don't have the protection. No, and the guys that already have that are showing this abhorrent behavior, and if it is, if my theory is correct, Mark, and there is at least some some connection with the head injuries and and the playing of the sport that they've chosen to play that they now entertain us with, is that if if for these guys there's nothing i mean except immediately and not any more damage but the damage has already been done and it's going to be a whole generation of football players that have come around uh and, and people in combat sports etc that could have and should have been saved but nobody has really given much more than a passing thought to safety and a passing thought until it's become because of the internet until it's become an immediate thing the day that junior Seau killed himself it came across ESPN or whatever, whatever wherever site I was on. Police are li- police are, are are responding to a, a reported shooting at this house in Oceanside, California, and it's believed to be Junior Seau's house. They weren't even on site yet, and they were putting out that that, that there had been some problem. And then you see the ambulances, and then then now it's on live TV, and it's coming across the you know ESPN site on uh, uh, online. And it was that immediacy thing, Mark, but he was already gone. 
he, the damage had already been done to Junior Seau. The damage had already been done to Mike Webster when they said he died so young. And all these other guys that do these things. I'm not a huge University of Nebraska fan, but honest God, Nebraska plays football like you would think Nebraska would play football, like the Packers play football. It's down and dirty time in middle America. There ain't no fancy, dancy, pantsy nonsense that goes on that they think on either coast. It's it's get down there farmland, let's slug it out football. And you look at the at Nebraska and all the players that are there and and, and that are now in prison or or have been charged with, with prison or just do some some things that you would think why does a human being do that to another guy like Domicon Sue? My God, I hope I'm wrong about this guy. But he's exhibiting behavior that I don't think a normal human does. And I would hope he didn't start out like that. And you, you know, I mean, I think the injuries are showing themselves, Mark, and somebody has to do something. And I, and this is not a, this is not an infomercial about that. I believe we are doing something and I believe we have taken a huge step. Uh, we were most fortunate to be with Dr. Dean Sicking from uh, university of Alabama, Birmingham, and uh, a young man named Merrill Jolly. And uh, we were in the same place at the same time with them, and the the work that they're doing uh, as we speak, Mark, uh, to uh, to help avoid serious head injuries to make them a thing of the past, like polio or measles, or you know, one's going to crop up now and again with measles, uh, but for the most part, nobody has them anymore, and that's what they're trying to. Do, and it was amazing, Mark, to listen to the two of them talk about the possibilities and see the presentation of what well, Dr. Sicking has. But but adding to that, the other people we had in the room from the world of boxing and mixed oh martial goodness. arts, they all they all agreed the exact same thing. If 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 we can start to protect them earlier, yeah. we've got a better chance of having a better society in the future that it isn't. And here's a, you're right. You know, you know, that, (laughs) that, that his suicide did not happen because he had a concussion in the NFL. His suicide happened because he had a concussion when he was seven years old on some field with some tin can that somebody sold him as a helmet that did not protect his head. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Mark. And I think that, what we what we are being a part of, we, what God has blessed us both to be a to get to be a part of, um, is going to be as fundamentally changing to this sport as Doctor Sicking safer barrier has been to auto racing. No NASCAR drivers have died since they installed the safer barriers on the outside walls of those of all. They're going to the inside walls. Demand is more than the output of the manufacturers that make the safer barriers to send them out in, in, and we're not talking about exotic materials. I mean, it's not, it's not made of platinum. We're no. talking about steel and, and, to, and to configure them and to make them, to make them, you know, uh, be uniform in their manufacturing, whatever. There's only two plants and they can't keep up with the demand. People say, why, why isn't the inside uh, wall uh, covered? Well, because they can't do it, they don't have the they don't have the stuff to 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 send out and and then get put up with the kids in youth football or combat sports, whether it's mixed martial arts or boxing or Muay Thai or any of the great other number of uh, judo. Uh, most all of the martial arts involve at one point or the other 
doing something not good to somebody's head or neck area. I mean, in judo, there's you, you get thrown, and if you don't land correctly, your head bounces off the tatami, or you get choked unconscious. Okay, but I would think that's probably the, the one of the most less parts of the damage that comes from that combat sport or, or, or the martial arts. And then you're talking about punches and kicks to the head. In boxing, obviously, uh, a headshot, I mean, that's where people try to hit. That's the that's the lean they have from the get-go of that boxing event. When our friend Kenny Bayless says, uh, you know, uh, okay, go to your corner. When, when, when you hear the bell, come out swinging. And that's exactly what they do. But they're not, it's very rare that somebody's swinging at somebody's ribs. I mean, that's a, you. You count the shots, Mark. You've been to fights, yeah. you know. Uh, they ain't doing. They ain't doing the the body shots. They're doing the which. Ooh, that sounds like a good idea on Friday. A body shot. <laughs> I wonder. Can, can we head? Can we head to treasures? <laughs> now, now, see, since we're on this track, one of the interesting things about the meeting, you know, you know, we had people from both the motor side of things and from from boxing and equestrian sports there. And right. one, of the, one of the neatest things I love about Dr. Sickings is he explained in very simple terms how the safer barrier works in NASCAR. And then how, right. he, how he was able to take that technology, shrink it down, and put it into headsets. And Oh, yeah. And, and once he once he explained it in very non-technical terms, I saw everyone in that room. All of a sudden, that light bulb went off on on top of their head and went. Wow. If you can stop a car going 190 miles an hour and turn it into a 20 mile an hour crash, shrink that down yeah. to a 10 mile head hit into a thumb a, a thumb tap. It was just amazing. Yeah. All that, all those light bulbs went off and went, you know, and all these people from all of these different genres just went, this is it. We will no longer That's have it. those head injuries. We will no longer have right. people on the ground unconscious. That's right. How and, and, and can we whichever, whichever sport it is. That's always that's always an important thing, you know. Mark, here's the deal, and and we didn't talk about this then, but this is a thought that's crossed my mind. If, as we know, will work, if a boxer goes into the ring after three months of training in the gym, and he goes into the ring because he hasn't been wearing headgear, he, I guarantee you, he's taken shots to the head in enormous amounts over that three months of, and they don't spar all the time; they get in shape. They don't spar all the time, but that's pretty much how a boxer trains. And you get hit in the head. So you go in with a concussion from the get-go. And you get knocked out. It's a result of the combination of the concussion and, and a punch. Now, if these guys can go into the ring without an existing concussion, any knockout is a much more pure uh, thing. If it, it, you know, It's like shooting a... Uh, shooting a duck in a barrel okay if, he, if there's one that's wounded he's even going to be easier to shoot so if you if if two guys go in you're getting a much more pure example you've been to the to the press conferences mark where you hear the guy say i'm mentally physically and, and, and spiritually ready for this fight okay well they're not because you can't be mentally and physically 
because you know you've been hurt. You know you've got something you're hiding you don't want the other guy to take advantage of, whether it's a cut that's just now healing or a, a, a constant headache. You know, I, I'm, I'm going, you don't, you don't train against uh, uh, the little sisters of the poor for a Mike Tyson fight. You got to train. You got to get yourself ready to get hit by Mike Tyson. So the only way to do that is to get hit over and over and over. So I, I'm just saying that if these guys go in and do not have that already problem with their heads, if you see a knockout in the ring, it will be because of that one punch, that one fight, as uh, as opposed to the constant build up to that fight. Whatever happens to these guys under the lights without the headgear on, Mark. That's what the sport's about. That's what it's supposed to be. I, I so controlled you that I could knock you completely unconscious. Not that I just took advantage of something that your sparring partners did to you, you know, or or 10 fights ago you got some damage or whatever. So I think that's what we're looking at, Mark. And when I talk about it being a fundamental change, I think that's the that's the most fun, one of the most fundamental changes is that when these guys do perform, you're going to get a much better a physical performance from them because they are mentally and, and, and physically ready. If you're not hurt, then you can be mentally ready. But you can't be hiding the concussion. You can't know that you're – I've seen guys uh, – I've had to catch guys, former world champion, who was trying to fight six weeks after having a detached retina repaired. You don't, you, you're not supposed to do that. No. And and I've I've had to stop fights because guys wanted to get in two weeks after being knocked – out in another state and a guy asked me hey where's it is there a neurologist that we can get a okay from and i said uh speaking you, you know you don't you're not going to go any further than me i was i was on the board of directors for boxing usa in colorado and i said no this is uh, you know you're not an amateur but you're you're not you're not going to commit suicide here either we're putting this on for the for the right of uh, right reasons and i went in and i talked to to, to the bus and i told him exactly what's up i said these guys uh, you know the guy says they were looking for a neurologist and i said yeah we have some and i said why do you need one and well he got knocked out a couple weeks ago and i said well <laughs> you know in civilized society it's a minimum of 30 day suspension you're not supposed to spar you're not supposed to do anything that's how it is here in nevada so uh you know people try to go, get around it mark well okay we can account for that now put the damn headgear on and and uh, you know and i do think uh, uh, we the concussion is what is what gets guys uh, torn retinas, and it's not really that frontal concussion that kind of squishes things. It's from the side where where it gets that ripping effect, and I think you can see that you know the the, the jerk of it is what is what happens. And I think we're going to prevent a lot of eye injuries too in a lot of different a lot of different instances, Mark. So well, uh, again, well, I uh, I well, got to think it's what it was the highlight of your week too to hear those it, two guys it, together. Well, it it was because he went through it in a very precise manner, he was not highlighting any, you know, you know, it says here are the facts and here's how the facts came mm -hmm. to be, you know, here's how your current helmets in football are tested, you know, technology yeah. from 1969, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, here is why this helmet is number one. And it's not because of safety. It's because of marketing, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know, and then, very well prepared. And then, and then when the the best part was when we got these people from the different different sports and the different 
genres talking to each other going, but what if we did, okay, you know, we have a helmet that does this. Can we do that? And somebody else went, yes, we've got this, you know, especially like when we got into the electronics of it all, you know, where, where it's not going to take any more bulk in the helmet, but we're going to be able to put the electronics in there so that somebody on the sidelines can say that was a 80 mile an hour hit that, you know, that, you know, that wasn't right. Or that it was a hit on the right side instead of, you know, you know, the, the camera showed it and it looked like it it was a direct hit. But when, when all of the sensors go off, it's going, no, it was more over here than it was here. More glancing. Absolutely. And so now we know. Just think of the age for training. I mean, training purposes alone, Mark, to yeah. know what damage you're doing with which hand is very, very important. Though You would like to have both hands be equal and both of them be as good as possible. Okay, well, visually, they look like the same punches. Now let's analyze what you did. and we can, So you can look at the whole thing. Was it your footwork that cost you, even if it's the same punch, uh, same right hook that you throw, and you land twice, they land with different velocity. It's like a hitting a baseball. Guy doesn't hit a baseball if he's a home run hitter. It doesn't go the same distance every time. There's a lot of variables in there. So the fewer variables you have, the better, I, I believe, the better your product is. So when, when a guy knows that, that he threw that right hand with, with 150 pounds of force and the next one only hit with 100 pounds of force, why? What did I do different? Did, was, did the opponent move? Did my, were my feet not under me? Did I not square my shoulders? You know, all those things come into play and make for better training. That's how these guys get to this level. You're you're putting in the time and you're and you're going you're breaking it down to the most minute detail, and you look at chest. It's the exact same thing. That computer makes millions and millions of, of calculations, but Gary Kasparov did the same thing, and so did Bobby Fischer, and they were able to do that. And, and, and so, all those all those computations and everything they they all come into play in, in those things like that, Mark. And I think, I mean, for me. I've got to say, uh, between Doctor Sicking and 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 Mister Jolly, oh, it, it, uh, just that combination that God put together, and and we got to be a part of it. I mean, it it was just absolutely. I still get goosebumps thinking about the possibilities, Mark. And, and like I say, when you uh, we, you 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 are absolutely right to think what what is going to be saved from these people for the from this generation on. I mean, we might very well be talking about saving youth football. <laughs> Parents are much more prone to let the kid go play if they think, well, he's going to get a, uh, he might, at worst, he might break his arm or get a bum knee out of it or, you know, wh- wh- whatever, as opposed to my child died playing youth football. He was 16 years old and died from a hit to the head, which somebody didn't do on purpose. They were just playing football. You know, I mean, so that's the the enormity of it does not escape me, Mark, and I think it's incredible. Well, it's it's like you and I said once once we get this technology in into the hands of the youth and into the users, it's going to be something yeah. that nobody's going to be able to go. I am alive because of him, because they won't know that's otherwise. Right. But yet, those of us that are involved in bringing this to market are you know you know okay you don't need need to thank me i don't want that thank you because it's yeah. not but 
but to know that you're playing football when you're 21 years old and you have have all of your faculties with you, I'll feel yeah. perfectly happy to know that you are, you know, you are the Heisman Trophy yeah. winner. Yes, you just signed a $30 million six-month contract because you can think and talk and carry on a <laughs> sentence where 15 years ago that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That is the yeah, coolest absolutely. thing about all well, of this is, is how is. many lives will be changed because of this technology. Yeah. And unknowingly, Mark, never give yes. a second thought to it. Do you ever give a second thought to the guy that built the, uh, the, the, the carburetor in your vehicle or the fuel injection system that doesn't, doesn't catch fire and doesn't do the things or seat belts or, you know, I mean, all the same padded, uh, padded dashboards, uh, all these safety innovations. Nobody ever gives a second thought to it. And that's how we want. Uh, this thing to be, Mark. I think we both very much agree on that. We just want it to happen. We don't care. We don't give a damn about the personal public. I mean, personal. I don't care who knows. I don't care if they ever know my name, Mark, that's associated with this. I want it to be known as Vegas Bets for a reason. Dr. Sicking sees that. We were most, most fortunate to, to, to run into Merrill Jolly who, from Lazy J Rodeo Safety Equipment, who has been working on these things. And to put the two and two together and say, okay, you have a great product. You have a great idea. Let's put these two together and see what we get and to listen to them do it. In the thin air of, of that conversation, I wish I had a record button on my frickin' ear. Because I would have recorded that conversation for posterity, but you and I got to witness it, Mark. And it's a, uh, you know, there's no other way to describe it other than it's going to be absolutely life changing, as are some other things in sports, Mark. But but um, and and uh, I mean just the just the sheer numbers of things that are going to be changed by this technology uh, absolutely astounds me. So we've talked about Greg Harden, and obviously I I, I got us off into the brain injuries. I hope. I really do hope that, that that there is some external cause to Greg Harden's behavior, because if you if not, then you have to say, okay, here's a human being who has so lost touch with reality that this is the attitude that he has, and and for the Cowboys' sake, they could have and should have done more the same way with the NFL. On to you mentioned six month contract for thirty million dollars. It's not very far off, Mark. Here's the deal: the Royals have many free agents because. They, when, when a team wins a championship, it's the opportunity for those guys to cash in. When you're on a, you know, a four and, and, and 12 team, not near as many suitors come after you. You really have to be a standout, and it's hard to be a standout on a crappy team because you have to cover for so many, and you don't have the opportunities. When you play on a, uh, on a team with better players, it allows you to be a better player because they, they all do their own thing, and you only have to deal with your thing instead of yours and somebody else's. It's that simple. Anyway... Every time there's a successful season, players leave. They can cash in now. They used to not be able to do that. You had to remain a Green Bay Packer or a Minnesota Viking or whatever. And they had and baseball, the same thing. They always had the restriction rules. And uh, uh, Kurt Flood opened the floodgates for that. And now you have free agency. And so uh, this is the time when everybody cashes in and, and guys that are standouts on crappy teams or, or even standouts on good teams and choose to leave and live somewhere else and work somewhere else become available after the last day of the, of the World Series. And they have what they call a qualifying offer for guys that are free agents. Their, their contract has run out. And their team, in some instances, makes a qualifying offer to them. 
And that means that this guy can sign for this one-year deal and be a free agent next year, just exactly. He doesn't lose anything except you know you're going to get paid this year. You can pay your bills. Your kids aren't going to be out there. You know, uh, I'll I'll work for, for lunch or whatever. But the, the minimum one-year deal is $15.8 million. Okay? So some guys only sign that knowing they're going to make more money than that, and some of them make $30 million for six months. There are athletes in our, in our life that make $30 million every six months. LeBron James comes to mind. He makes much more than $30 million every six months. Wait, the, the okay, the, the qualifying offer comes from their current team? Yes, okay. but it's, it's negotiated through, through the collective bargaining agreement, and the qualifying offer this year it makes an offer to a free agent, and he accepts it. It is a, for a minimum of $15.8 million. Now, it can be more than that, but it has to at least be $15.8 million for one freaking year. You do the math. How many people dream of hitting megabucks? When megabucks gets to, 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 to 15 million or, or 18 million or whatever it is, the line snakes around the corner for people wanting to play that. When the lottery gets up into this, you know, mega millions, the line goes ever. Imagine this guy gets to do this, if successful, over, uh, you're thinking, an eight or 10 career, eight or 10 year career. For guys that are free agents that are worth this or, or, or that, I mean, that's their, that's their earning window. It is like hitting the lottery for every last one of these guys. Imagine. Wow. He, here, we're, we, we don't want to offend you, so here's an offer for $15,800,000 to play one year, and next year you get to be a free agent. If you've had an even better year, you'll be worth $25, 30000000 dollars a year, and you can sign, sign a long-term guaranteed contract. And you're good. Wow. The NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. So, uh, but but this is this is the time of season, Mark. And this is when agents earn their their percentage. Now you know a good agent because they time these things. That we talked about the details that that chess players make. They time these things to end. In other words, you, the team's willing to go maybe a three, a four, or five year contract depending on on the other terms. And and they everybody calculates. Okay, now. At the end of three years, there's a new TV deal that kicks in that year. And we can cash in more. You're going to have much more value at the end of three years, even though they're willing to pay you for five years. Let's just sign for three and be a free agent in three years. And hopefully your, your stats will remain constant and you're going to hit the, hit the, the lottery of all lotteries. And that's exactly how they do. So this is when a good agent really earns their keep by understanding the nuances and those kind of things. I mean, it is a, and it, they also uh, can help you out quite a bit by giving you, by signing a trade friendly type contract where a team will pay more now than they would, than you should make. Uh, so because you've, you've got some, that you've given them some wiggle room. If things don't work out and they need to trade you and your salary towards the end of the next year that you've given them, some guys have no trade clauses in there. And that's why uh, they want to know where they're going. They don't want to go to Cleveland. They don't want to go, you know, they want to, they, they want to go somewhere where they have a chance to win. They want to be a Yankee or a Dodger or whatever. So 
uh, if it's trade friendly and salary cap friendly and all those kinds of things, uh, it makes your total value go up. Sometimes guys don't get it and they price themselves out of of a market that they could just kind of open their eyes if if someone would tell them, hey, you, you know, uh, uh, it's going to be have more overall value. Your bottom line is you're going to make an extra hundred million if you just shut up and sit down and take fifteen point eight million this year. Next year, when the TV deal kicks in, you're going to be worth a hundred million. You know, so uh, anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, baseball has, and here here we go. Here's a quick rundown uh, of the the free agents. Daniel Murphy uh, went on that incredible home run streak for the Mets. Uh, in uh, in the playoffs and up to the World Series, but did make the major error in, in the game that let the uh, uh, let the Kansas City Royals win the game. I believe it was Game Four, and that, that was all she wrote. And uh, the, so uh, anyway, Murphy's a free agent, and he could he could make quite a bit of money. Uh, just uh, because he was on TV, I suppose. Uh, the Cardinals are going to lose uh, Jason Hayward. Uh, he's going to get expected to get over $100 million on the free agent market. So their qualifying offer, they can give him, they tell you, $15.8 million now, or they can, uh, you know, they can they can try to negotiate with him. But uh, they expect Jason Hayward's going to be over worth over $100 million in this next contract. And, uh, John Lackey is, is expected to decline the $15.8 million, uh, believing he can get a two-year a two year deal that's going to be worth more than the 30, 30 It's going to have to be more than $31 million for two years to equal that. Uh, the Dodgers, the big, the big name there is Zach Greinke. Uh, I don't know if he's going to re-sign. Uh, and all the Dodgers will get is a, a draft pick in compensation. If he, if he leaves, uh, they will obviously make him the – a qualifying offer of fifteen point eight million. Greinke's going to get a lot of money, and uh, he's expected to. You know, he's the ball's really in his court. He may uh, he may take off and go elsewhere. I'm not sure. He's a you know he started with Kansas City. Imagine if they had Zach Greinke on their staff still. Uh, Brett Anderson, uh, guy went 180 in the third innings uh, for the Dodgers, and uh, that's a that's a good chunk of innings. Uh, and uh, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna score. And Howie Kendrick. Their second baseman, all uh, all out of Dodger land, and I mean Dodgers have the that incredible three hundred and some odd million dollar payroll, so it ain't like any of them are hurt and they just want to move on. Alex Gordon from the Royals uh, expected to uh, to make some big bucks, whether he stays with Kansas City or not. Uh, um, he's gonna he's gonna cash in on the on the Golden Goose Express and uh, Chicago White Sox. I don't know if you remember Jeff Samarja. He'd been a wide receiver at Notre Dame and. Uh, uh, quite a gifted football player and moved on and was in the Cubs organization. And now he's still in Chicago, but over with the White Sox. And he might uh, maybe, maybe not going to re-sign or at least sign the, the $15.8 million one-year deal. And uh, he's uh, if he has a good year, he might take that 15.8 for right now. And if he has a good year uh, next year, he could really be worth a whole lot of money and really control where he goes and what he does. And uh, uh, finally, uh, Colby Rasmus, the guy that hits the baseball, and the baseball says "ow" for the Houston Astros. Uh, he's probably he's probably going to take uh, uh, probably going to take their offer. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's free agency. Uh, what do you think about Rick Pitino? Uh, he still remains at Louisville. You talk about bulletproof, man. You know he was uh, he was getting uh, uh, well. I mean, I, it's tough to it's tough to blame the ensign. 
You, you pretty much always the captain's the guy that goes down with the ship. The ensign might die too. He just doesn't get the notoriety, you know. And and Rick Pitino still at Louisville, even though uh, odds are, are are increasing every day that uh, he's in an untenable position. Mark, I mean, he was the captain of the ship and the guy continuous. Uh, it wasn't a one-time deal. Is uh, I mean, evidence strongly suggests that this went on at Louisville uh, over over a good amount of time where they were providing sex or at least women, uh, and maybe the guys had to negotiate their own sex, whatever it was. I don't think it's in the I, – I don't know what page that's on. Maybe 69. Page 69 of the NCAA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there I'll look it up. <laughs> uh, but uh, – uh, but uh, obviously, it's not helping Louisville. Uh, speaking of, of uh, college basketball, Harry Giles is going to go to Duke. Uh, he tore his ACL on Tuesday, I believe it was. And uh, last year, I think he tore up the other knee. But uh, Duke, he's the number one player. And Mike Krzyzewski, our buddy, uh, and one of the greatest coaches ever to walk on a basketball court, uh, went ahead and extended him a scholarship, and, and Giles took it. So he's going to be uh, – He's going to be playing at Duke University in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Seattle Seahawk uh, Lockett uh, got out of the hospital after having the neck surgery from the hit that was, I don't know if it was a dirty hit. It was a solid hit and uh, had the neck injury again. Back to Doctor Sicking. When when I told him about that and, and then I explained what happened, he's talking about the uh, much like a head and neck restraint system that NASCAR uses that that could be available for football helmets and keep guys from having the neck injuries as well as the head injuries. Marks, I think that's incredible. And LSU and Alabama play tomorrow. LSU number two, Alabama number four with the one loss. If Bama loses, they've got no shot at the national championship. If LSU loses to Alabama, then several things are going to have to happen to let them back in the hunt. But uh, uh and uh, of course, you can't uh, you can't watch an LSU game without looking at Fournette. And this guy's uh, he's got Heisman written all over him. I think he's going to be a real, real tough man to beat out of uh, of the Heisman Trophy. So, anyway, uh, Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson. Uh, uh, Todd Gurley with the St. Louis Rams. Adrian Peterson with the Vikings, and both uh, tore up knees. Uh, Gurley while he was in South Carolina in his senior season. Man, what a terrible injury! And Adrian Peterson has had. Uh, back-to-back torn-up knee years and then comes out and goes almost sets the, the record, the NFL rushing record. And uh, they're, play, they're going head-to-head uh, on Sunday. Todd Gurley uh, for the Rams, Adrian Peterson for your Vikings. What do you think? Uh, the knee <laughs> bowl? <laughs> First of all, it's amazing he's still with the Vikings that, you know, through the whole off-season bullshit that, you know, that, that he went through. But going, but but going down this this injury <laughs> list. Totally neglecting that he hit with your stick. Well, okay, we don't we don't want to bring that up. Going back to you know social media, the internet, and and now the fact that we have such high definition cameras that that now we're uh-huh. you know you know you know when somebody rips off their kneecap, we now see the kneecap, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I watch, watch these games and, you know, I mean, I can just sit there and feel that kneecap snap yeah. as I'm watching it happen. You're going, Ooh, that kind of hurt. <sighs> okay. That's where Dr. Jerry punch comes in handy. You know, he's the doctor that's the announcer too. And when something, you know, when somebody gets hurt, then he explains the injury in depth. Yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> 
<laughs> who was it? Um, um, God, uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, when they were in the World Series, when Ted Turner owned them, the catcher, I think it was Greg, Greg Maddox. When he so got Greg Maddox over, is the pitcher from Las Vegas. Okay, I'm uh, sorry. Um, um, uh, the, the, the twins and the twins and the Braves were playing right, in the World right. Series, and I'll think of who the I'll think of who the catcher was. Yes, he when, did get he did get when steamrolled. the catcher got ran over, and you know you know he was kneeling, and both of his legs went the direction that they're not supposed to go in. <laughs> you know, and I remember watching yeah. that, and they just played it over and over, and went, well, he looks injured, really. <laughs> The knees aren't supposed to be up around the head. You think something went wrong there, do you? Yeah. And catchers, you know, there's another, there's another thing, Mark, that you, that you think about this uh, back to what, what might be available. Catchers are in a really, really tough position because you can't just take the blow. You've got to catch the damn ball or the whole thing. You might as well not get hit. Just get out of the way if you're not going to catch the ball. So your first order is to catch the ball. Now, a guy, now you have to catch the ball coming from one direction and turn to a guy coming at a at a, at a direct angle for a T-bone wreck, and that's what wow. happens. And uh, yeah, catchers, we we should have a they should have an entire just a whole set of rules for catchers only. You know, if a guy runs into a catcher in the middle of a catch, the catcher can pick up the the bat and and attack the man who just <laughs> ran into him in an equal and proportionate. You know, yeah, something something needs to be done for you. Catchers, should I put that in the suggestion box? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, well, um, Mark, again, this is uh, you know they're coming down to the nitty gritty. The first of the football playoff rankings came out. They, they, you know, there's only four teams that make it in. Obviously, there's going to be non-ending nonsense until they expand the playoffs and then and then they have to cut back a regular season game and so it's money instead of the right thing to do that always seems to control college athletics um, um, it's it's just a, a very very bad situation when you think about it if you're gonna really have a national champion I mean they accommodate 68 teams now uh, in basketball they get to make the playoffs. But in college football, it's down to four. Okay, we got we got unbeaten teams that are going to be left out of the national championship. So they got to have some kind of expansion, and you no got to be able to, yeah. And and one of the things they always they always talk about, Mark, is the the health and safety of the players with that additional game. You know, if they just allow for more games, it's going to be like, uh, you know. Mr. October is now Mr. November because they play the World Series in November. And so they're, they're talking about lengthening the college football season. Well, take what, you know, everybody give up the game against Little Sisters of the Poor in the first of the year and let everybody into a playoff game. I mean, they can, they can have more games. Uh, they have all the bowl games, you know, and they had to make a rule that oh, you had yes. to at least have a winning record. You at least had to have six wins to, to get to get into a bowl game or there were so many bowl games and not enough teams that they were having teams with losing records playing in bowls. Okay. You know, occasionally that might make sense. The star quarterback went down or, or, or something happened, but for the most part, it was just about money and they make those decisions based on money rather than the right thing to do. The right well, thing to do is expand well, the playoffs to more than four well, teams, but well, you know, look at the, the bowl games that have been held here at, at, at uh, Sam Boyd. I mean, you know, they were so desperate for the a biggest bowl, bowl game. 
you know, I mean, I mean, I swear one of them was called Frank's Garage Door Opener Bowl Game because, you know, they ran out of sponsors. <laughs> for How bad of a team do you have yeah. to be not in a bowl game? You know, I mean, and come you on. You realize this is the this is considered one of the the if not the best bowl game at the at the the, the next level down from the from the majors. And I, everybody loves to come to Vegas, but you're right, Mark. And it, it, it amazes me when they have this conversation all the time about the about the new stadium that they don't get it. It doesn't work in damn near Arizona. It works a whole lot better. Build the stadium in town. Build it by the strip if you want to across the street from UNLV. Makes the most sense for me. I'd love to see it downtown. I think if, if nothing else, man, what a huge revitalization thing that would be for downtown. I think it needs to be one of the two places, you know, and include UNLV. But they have a bowl game. My God, you look at the places that have, I mean, Miami has a major bowl game. Uh, the, the Pasadena has a major bowl Okay, Vegas is a better option. People, More people go to Vegas than go to Pasadena on purpose. Maybe, you know, maybe Miami is close, but I don't think their visitorship is near what, what Las Vegas is. And imagine the big attraction they could have if they would just get their heads out of their asses and build a freaking stadium across the street from UNLV in the empty lot. Do whatever you need to do to get it done. But, you know, let's have a bowl game that's worthy of of Las Vegas. I mean, we have this huge brand, and it's... And the day, it's not that they don't try. You know, Tina Fenzer Murphy ran the ran the Las Vegas Bowl for for quite a few years, very successfully. Built it into what it is. We've had some great teams come in and play in this game, Mark. Uh, Boise and USC and on and on and on. I mean, you, you've seen some great teams that were either one year away or, or or very close, or just some circumstance kept them from being an elite team that year. We get to see them here, but again, it's just a. Hey, I, I I don't know it what they're no thinking. Mark. It may, look what bowl uh, games do for other players. No. Well, well, well. Look at the Super Bowl. No matter where the Super yeah. Bowl is held, they might get a hundred thousand people there. Maybe a hundred thousand. Every year, there's what three to four hundred thousand people in Las Vegas to watch a game that's not even played here. We get more people here, absolutely, than the than the any stadium that they've ever had the Super Bowl will hold. Just come into the race and sports books and have a tremendous what a great time, man! If you've if you've never done anything, it's uh, to me it's a whole lot more fun than the New Year's. And New Year's is fun. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for the for the incredible Las Vegas experience, come here on Super Bowl weekend. You you go to a Super Bowl party, whatever the hell it costs to pay. You're you're going to eat more hot dogs and and chips and and stuff to, and drink more beer and but you're going to have the time of your life. And they could do that with the bowl game. You know, they could have the Super oh Bowl God. here. The, uh, the people and, and the money would be extraordinary. Yeah, and now they're to, and now they've built this stadium for a hockey team that I'm not sure we're going to get, Mark. Um, you know, you're, you would like to see a hockey team here. I would like to see a successful hockey team here. I think it would take, it would be much more good, uh, on the, on the ice product to bring in an existing team rather than have a startup team and, and go through the, you know, that long, long growing process. Uh, if they're dependent on, on tourists in, in, in making this, hockey team a success at this arena, then they're going to have to be good. 
You just, do you want to go see a one or nineteen play? No. Yeah, and if you got if you got if you have to park in Henderson, uh, Mr. Sisolak, Commissioner Sisolak, to to walk <laughs> to the MGA, I you know the guy says he he he's used to walking half an hour after parking to go to a San Diego Padres game, and I'm thinking you leave your car in Tijuana to go to a baseball game in San Diego because I don't know where you're parking. But you you could probably park in Tijuana. It takes and, you thirty and, minutes to walk through hustle. the MGM. Yeah. All, <laughs> what do you think all, about the parking? Uh, what all, do you think about I, them charging for parking? Mark? No, no, nope, nope, nope. Downtown is doing that and it's killing them. <laughs> Downtown is doing that and it's you know, and they're all sitting. Doesn't help them. Yeah. No, it's like uh, no, I'm not paying for parking. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is so funny when I first moved here. I could not get the Vegas mentality. People here are lazy, they are idiotic, and they don't want to pay for shit. Now that I've lived here uh, 15 years, I don't want to pay for shit. I'm not going downtown if I got to pay for parking. Uh, no. And it better You're be You're not free. the first time I've heard that, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, and and there, you know, again, uh, MGM is not supposed to stand for money gouging. And uh, I'm not going to say what the last M I would, I would put in there is, a, but but you know I mean that's that's exactly what you and it's like okay downtown people park there and sit and and then go to work, so you charge for parking and you you put some controls on it that way or whatever okay that makes sense, but you can't kill this goose that's been laying at least silver eggs downtown, and you wanted to lay golden eggs like the strip does. Okay, then you can't you you just can't keep nickel and diamond people to death, or they'll go where it's free. Now the strip has probably done downtown a favor. You know, I think the, I think their biggest supporters of paid parking is the people downtown, and and send them all down here, or at least the, the people that get you know that, that, maybe they'll have like a they used to have gas wars. I don't know that they do that much anymore. But you know, uh, well, it's it's ten dollars on the strip. Okay, it's only eight downtown. Okay, now we're, now the strip's down to five. Buy one get one. You know, I I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, but the competition might be good. But yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of them charging for parking. I've always thought that was a a ripoff, no matter where you are. And now, I mean, people are used to paying thirty bucks, thirty forty bucks to park at events. Why? Why take the bus? It's two bucks. <laughs> Get on the bus, Gus. <laughs> Don't need to All discuss right. much. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. All right, is that the is that the good way to leave? That's yeah, a good way to leave. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, have a have a great weekend. Remember, there's some there's going to be some kick ass football. Uh, NFL coming down to the coming down to the people eliminating others. The Packers lost. Now they're going to take on the uh, Cam Cam Newton and and the, that gang there and uh they may come up with their loss so uh they're they're whittling their way down uh but there's going to be some great football some great college football lsu bama going to be a real good game saturday so uh, and uh fights here in las vegas at the d tonight mark there's a, a championship 
fights in the outdoor uh, outdoor arena there, and then tomorrow, uh, Rios and Bradley at the Thomas and Mac, a great venue to watch the to, to, to see the fights from. Not associated with the casino, the win is is, is staging it, but uh, not having it in, a, in any place at the win. It's going to be at the Thomas and Mac, and it's a great place to watch fights. So, definitely um, good weekend. Always uh, always a good uh, sports weekend here in Las Vegas. And our thanks to uh, a special mention out to Dr. Dean Sicking and uh, and uh, Merrill Jolly and then all the people that attended the meeting. And uh, saw the saw the saw the future right before their very eyes. It's coming very very quickly, folks. So we will keep you informed here on Good Sports. And uh, once again, we thank you all. GoodSportsMedia.com. We're leading the way. All right, Mark. Well, for all of us here at Good Sports, I'm Rick Rosen. It's been my with uh, my great pleasure to be with Mark Anthony. And until next week, we'll talk to you. You've been watching Good Sports on GoodSportsMedia.com. Good night. Bye.